0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This thing on? See, now I'm getting mad.
1: Because it's getting ready to be on. I
2: want my whiskey to bite me a little bit. This is the kind of psychopath. I hang out with. I got beat up outside of a Denny's. The Rockpile Report
3: with Buffalo Bills season ticket holder
2: Drew Gear. He likes to get in ex's nose. Something I can't do with this podcast because I drink too much. Chris Kruger, my rollerblading blonde Mohawk
3: producer. The pettiest, hardest drinking Bills podcast. I'm an adult. I know what I'm about.
2: Funny thing about doing cold opens, you know, instead of the whole wind up and all the pomp and circumstances that everybody has to catch and wonder whether the podcast started or not. They wonder, like, is this still part of the advertisement? I think I recognize that voice. Guys, we're here. It's the Rock Power Report podcast. We have a special guest in studio, or two of them actually uh, Buffalo Happy Hour. The guys from Buffalo Happy Hour, abject professionals, they're just, they're here. One of them lives right. What across the street? How do you wanna how do you wanna describe where you live? Basically right around the corner. Right around the corner. Yeah.
4: Did you walk here? I did not, because this guy texted me three minutes before he was gonna pick me up and he said, Guess what, I'm picking you up. So I would have started walking here or at least drove here, but he's like, you know what? I'm on my way.
1: My car was already cold with AC. Great timing from him. Already cold
2: with he's like <laughs> Chris, that's what thoughtful podcast partners do for each other, right? Like those are you can tell that these guys are friends. Guys, Mike and Derek, the Buffalo Happy Hour Podcast. Now, it's funny. I became aware of you guys because you did a show with our friend Reed Ferguson, who I'm actually now business partners with, which is weird to yeah, say. Dude, congrats That's on that. That's awesome. And uh, so I, I watched the show that you guys did over at First Line Brewing, and then I started going down the rabbit hole of your podcasts, and I realized you guys do a... It's a multifaceted show, and I love that. I love the fact that you guys get to do kind of what you want to it's it doesn't have to be topical it's whatever you guys are thinking about at the time but then you also have variation between your shows you know Chris we do that you know between we reviews do. previews the afc's roundup shows that we do with a very set group of guests versus variety shows that we do during the off season sometimes literally no football gets talked about it's just you and me getting hammered in the basement like and some for some reason people show up and listen to it I love that you guys have that same dynamic, but you get to cover so many more topics, and it's it's far more abstract. I really like that. Now,
4: is it hard coming up with new topics every single week? Absolutely. And one of probably the best thing that we did, because we tried a bunch of different things. I mean, our weekly episodes that drop Monday really have no—they used to have no rhyme or reason to them. We tried to do, like, a history of Buffalo mini series where we talked about prominent people of Buffalo and, like, historical things that happened within Buffalo— And then I think one day you just decided to start bringing up useless facts. So now that's what we start the episode with is just a random useless fact that he found on the Internet. And then we kind of riff off of that for a little bit. So outside of that, it's kind of difficult to come up with topics and like things to talk about. But if we can riff off that useless fact for a little bit, then that helps the episode flow.
3: Now, if you do Buffalo history stuff,
1: have you uh, touched on uh, who shot McKinley? We did dive into the McKinley assassination when we were going through the prominent People of Buffalo miniseries. We also talked about the great William Carrier who generated and created air conditioning. So all the little nicks and knacks that are... Not the w- guy for Las Vegas Golden Knights. No, not the <laughs> Different same. Different guy. Different guy completely. But each deserve you know some recognition, I would say, but... We focused on all of those prominent people just to kind of bring a little bit more focus so that people don't think Buffalo is just kind of like a blue-collar, like, Rust Belt-type city. Like, there's more to Buffalo than that. And when you're local, you're trying to focus on the good outside of the fact that, yeah, it snows for, like, nine months. (laughs) And, like, the same rhetoric. So we always try to mix it up with that just to – I don't know. I mean – The four of us in this room are Bills fans, so we're optimistic by nature, so we just try to bring that into our show.
2: The funny part is, you guys are out here doing so much good for the image of Buffalo, and I'm just over here getting hammered, and I'm absolutely cut. Like Chris, would you agree with that? Like I'm doing just as much harm as they are good. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh.
3: 100% 100 true.
2: (laughs) And I also, I remember you guys won a Buffalo Spree gave you guys the award for Best Buffalo Podcast. And I remember seeing it and going, you know, I know who those guys are. That's interesting. What was it like being recognized on that level here locally, considering you started as a local pod? Yeah, that Dude, face.
1: we freaked out. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we're like, well, wait, why? Like us? Like for real? And then we we took it in stride, of course. And the best for us, the best thing about running this podcast, and which is now, you know, it's a business, it's an LLC, we're able to do what we want to do as our own bosses. So it's an award ceremony. What do you wear? Whatever you want. So let's just wear suits. Like, let's just go there. Let's Mm -hmm. just do it and then do our own thing. And graciously, we won the award again in 2023. Mm -hmm. So we're back-to-back champs. So we got the same record as the great United States. (laughs) And... (laughs) we we show up again in suits and some of the other winners also won last year and they're like are you guys just trying to be like best dressed outside of the award that you already won and we're like well i like dress what you want to be i guess like yeah. just have like take some pride in it but we're obsessed with all of the shows that involve suits um like suits yeah suits is a good example white collar is a great example um but we still
4: have massive like, imposter syndrome though.
1: Massive. So but, like, let's so not let. We're just like, trying yeah. to. Yeah, we're just trying to have fun with the fact of like we can be flexible and enjoy being business owners without being like really annoying. It would, like, be us. So we'll just go off the rails. We'll talk about things that are really insensitive, and then all of a sudden we get an award. <laughs> you're, like this still makes no sense. And then other people are like, "Dude, you guys are almost you know your OGs for small business advertising." Yep. In the area, and. You know, we appreciate that. And we're like, yeah, but like, are we like, we're just kind of just who wants to be on the show is our mantra.
2: Well, it is kind of cool. This idea that like we are just guys who sit around. You guys, you guys have done whiskey reviews. You're, You're huge for that. Like that's again, that's another thing that you brought to this. We started doing cocktail reviews just because I've always made fun of him. As soon as he picked up this this habit of this hobby, I'll call it, of being a craft cocktail connoisseur, I it's just respect. roast him. I roast him. The one time, I told him the one time he was making something in a hurricane glass, which I'm sad that I know what that is. It's in a hurricane glass with pebble ice. And I see this and he's taking an aluminum straw and he's sliding his drink into this thing with fruit and all kinds of shit coming out of it. And he looked so pleased with himself that there was a part of me that wanted to slap it onto the floor. <laughs> just it's, it's like big brother. Like I, you just look too happy and I, I have to ruin this. And so then this thing started where he goes, OK, fine, I'll start making them. You tell me to stop when you hate them. And I begrudgingly have to admit
3: that he like it was a couple of weeks ago. We had the um, I made him a millionaire whiskey cocktail. That was gross. Not good. It had, th- like, you go down the list of ingredients. He's like 36 and 1 at this point. It's like bourbon, Grand Marnier, lemon juice, egg white. All of those are good, mm-hmm. just not
4: together. What got you into making cocktails in the first place?
3: Uh, it was Brett Coleman on YouTube. Mm. He does uh, film stuff, like film room. Whole, whole Like, uh, last summer, you know, we drafted Khalil Shakir. He hits us up on Twitter and says, I want to do a video of why Khalil Shakir was your best pick of the draft and what he's going to mean going forward. And with that, I'm trying to make another Buffalo cocktail. He's already used hot sauce. He did one for Poncho Bila and used hot sauce. So he hit us up and was like, what can I, what's Buffalo? And I mentioned to him Loganberry syrup. So he made like a... Whiskey Sour with Loganberry Syrup. And uh yeah, now that I'm close to his level in cocktail making,
1: <laughs> you know, he'll hit me up for ideas. So I, I have an off question from Cocktails because you brought you dropped a huge name. So I really need to know your opinion on what do you want to see out of Shakir this year? I mean, all I need him to be is like a three or. He can be a three or a
3: four because you have. Diggs, defined number one. Davis, kind of defined two. You could also throw Knox as a two. And then, because you spent first-round capital on a tight end, Mm -hmm. he could be a two or a three. So, there's not much. Like, just catch the ball when it's thrown to you. That's essentially what I need from Shakir.
4: There's more stress on Davis this year than there is on Shakir, I think.
3: The field.
2: Seeing the field is what I'd like out of Khalil Shakir, and that's completely out of his control. I think to a certain mm-hmm. degree. Sure. I think last year he was marginalized for most of the season where they were letting Isaiah McKenzie run around and do Isaiah McKenzie things. It's like, apropos of nothing. They go, hey, you know what you deserve is an 80% snapshot slot wide receiver. Sure. We'll give that to you. Oh, the, the, why isn't our offense working? How come we're not getting more production? And then they decide in the playoffs to turn to the kid. Mm-hmm. And then you're shocked that he has a couple drops? This is the NFL. This is hard. It's very difficult to go downfield, then elevate that catch that he dropped where he had to jump. He's not a tall, wide receiver. No. You have to elevate at least a foot and a half in the air, catch the ball while it's being contested, and then come down with it cleanly. And oh, by the way, this is your ninth target of the season? Mm -hmm. The fucker, what are we asking this kid to do? If you want him to be valuable at the end of the season, you gotta give him a little bit of runway as a rookie. Otherwise, that's what you get is the rawness of a rookie. I think that there's pressure on Gabe Davis, to your point. I think that looking at Khalil Shakir, I just want him on the field. I want you getting reps because even if it's not, even if you're not great, We were already one of the league's most efficient offenses last year. Not efficient, but we were effective. We were second in scoring. And, like, I think I saw the graphic today. Warren Sharp put it out. Of all the teams that had drives that ended in a punt or just a turnover on downs, Kansas City was first. We were second as far as, like, the lowest. And that's crazy, Mm -hmm. considering we had this giant albatross at slot-wide receiver just because we chose to let that guy play out of his contract. Right. Let the kid, you couldn't have done worse. I mean, maybe you could have. It's the NFL. I I hate saying that because they're all professionals and you go, oh, that guy, you couldn't get worse than Ryan Fitzpatrick. And then EJ Manuel shows up and you go, ah, yeah, you can. Shit. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Ah, shit. I said that. There he is. <laughs> yeah, there it is. There's oh, worse. Oh, and then when he, and then you go to Houston and Ryan Fitzpatrick beats you. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, shit. Yeah. Handedly, mind you. Oh, no. And you go, oh, God, our guy threw an interception for a touchdown <laughs> to JJ Watt. Oh, no. This isn't going to go well. Like, that's what I want to see. So, as we move on with tonight's show, it's a pretty it's a banner day here. We've got great guests. Also, guys, imposter syndrome. I thought about it when you said it. The only one of you, like the only imposter I see is like that guy's voice. Derek's voice, I genuinely <laughs> thought was fake. I thought it was like a voice filter or some kind of a Chris, like an like a I don't know, an alteration setting. And then the podcast kept going and the voice kept going. And I go, oh, (laughs) shit. No, that's just what he sounds like. He's the only person to come in here and do a show where we haven't had to really worry about him not having like a cloud lifted microphone
4: because his register just stands out. I will say, though, you have more voice inflection than I do, so mine kind of gets a little droney after a while, I feel like, at least. I don't know. I hate listening to my voice. Senior, I'm sure you're the same. We all do. Yeah. I don't listen to our podcast. People go, <laughs> oh, you don't listen back and take
2: notes? Fuck no. I hate listening to myself. Yeah. Although the other night, Chris, I did get hammered in my basement and re-listened to the Damar <laughs> Hamlin podcast we did. Yeah. That was rough. I don't even know why, too. It was after, like, five glasses of whiskey, and I was like, you know what? I should re-listen to that. Now I'm sitting there all misty-eyed, just being like, damn it. <laughs> Why did why did I do this? And then my wife comes. My wife shows up out of nowhere, and I've got headphones on. So she's been standing there for ten minutes, just watching me staring at my phone like an idiot. She's like, "What are you doing down here? It's three o'clock in the morning." I'm just <laughs> like, "There's dust. It's we go to bed." What are you doing here? It's Chris. I reacted like she caught me watching dirty movies on the internet.
3: Yeah, <laughs> it makes makes sense. Before we like get into the meat and potatoes, I mean, you guys are the Buffalo Happy Hour, and you did go through my selection of stuff. So, uh, A, did you like it? And
4: B, so everyone knows, what are you drinking? I did like it. I like any large whiskey selection, because that means that you've tried everything from Mellow Corn, because we've talked about it, to (laughs) Dalmore 12, which I'm currently drinking. Um, The thing with our podcast is we always like to say we've done... Over 160 whiskey reviews so far. Yes. So the biggest thing that we like to do is just try everything. Like There will be something mm-hmm. under $30 that you will love. And people just think because it's cheap that it's not good. But I can tell you Devil's River from Texas, that's one of our favorites. And it's under $35 here in New York, which is crazy. Not much is under $35 no. in New York. But Devil's River whiskey is. And that's kind of why I like looking at people's whiskey selection is there's something that... Is an underdog because either it was given to you or something like that. And I try to pick that out like, oh, that's cool. They have that. And I mean, Dalmore is a little bit more expensive, but Dalmore 12 is an amazing scotch. That's what I'm drinking. Is that what you're drinking too?
1: I started with that. I enjoyed it. I didn't have a heavy pour of it out of respect naturally oh come on come but on. I, oh no dude that's part on, of it like on. i got I, it's just that's what it is i'm right. that's just who i am though Okay, i can't it's not my collection you know <sighs> i would have won like four fingers in a glenn karen if it was Easy. my collection
4: it's the uh, after show
1: pause <laughs> but so i started with a with a nice a nice simple pour um of the 12 year and then i switched to the it was a tx Right? The TX, yeah. yeah, the TX out of Texas. I'm obsessed with Texas whiskey. Mm, really? I do. Yeah. The, the water there is, I don't know, it's just different. So it's good. Okay. I the bought thing- that bottle
3: in Cleveland on the third because that week I went, I drove to Cleveland for the Indians game. We stopped at a handful of liquor stores and I did pick that one up in Cleveland because I don't think I've seen it here at like Premier yeah. or anything. And then uh, there are some stuff because we also, Went on a road trip to Arlington, Virginia, Stanford, Connecticut, and then to the Catskills. So there were, I think I picked up like eight bottles on the road trip. And since I've been like doing since Brett Coleman got me into this, like my brother lives in Kansas City. Last summer went to Kansas City, bought a bunch of bottles. We're going again for Christmas this year. Gonna pick up more bottles in Kansas City. Oh
1: yeah, I like the fact that you have more things than just Kentucky bourbon options. So it's it's nice to have you know Buffalo Trace, especially in our area, just because it's essentially an allocation at this point. But mm-hmm. I like the fact that you branched out to other states because there's wonderful options outside of Kentucky and yeah. Tennessee that most people never even heard of. Well, so that's,
2: he he's constantly broadening my horizons with these whiskeys that he's finding and the things that he brings in here. Um. I try not to abuse it, but also after a while, you just get comfortable enough, you just start doing it.
3: There there will be a time where there's going to be a bottle that's like, and you were talking about this earlier with the like, oh, you know, I I don't want to do a healthy pour. There's going to be a time where Drew, like, there's a little bit left in the bottle and I'm like, hey, I'm taking this bottle home with me. And I'm like, (laughs) okay. I mean, I can go get another one. I make money. I have a job. <laughs> hey guys, I'm just
2: taking this one for the road, and he'll just be like, "All right, I guess that's what we're doing here." It's it's too comfortable. I'm I, I'm basically like uh, I'm basically like uh, what's his name? Uh, Rick Rick James when he comes in and puts his boots on your couch. If you let me stay too long, I turn into that guy. So
1: <laughs> it's funny every time Derek hosts some. We try to hang out outside of the podcast, but we, we do so much with the podcast that we see each other like two to three times a week. That's- so it's that weird balance, right? Because to your original point, we are actual friends outside of work. So it's it's funny because I'll go to his house and he'll just host like a simple friends gathering, have a fire, whatever, just hang out. And he'll pour me something and he's like, guess what it is? And then everyone at the party stops talking to watch. And I'm like, this isn't a science experiment. Like, what is going on? And then I'll sip it and I'm like, okay, it's only, it's got to be three options. And he's like, okay, all right. And I was like, these are the three options. And he was like, nice job. Which one is it? And I'm like, oh, then I sweat. I'm like, this is like a thing. Chris enjoys doing that to everybody
2: who comes over. He's yeah. like, I'll make a cocktail. All right. He's like, and I go, oh, what is it? Just shut up and drink it. Yeah. And then he'll wait. And then after everyone's had a little bit, he'll be like, all right, here's what you're drinking. Mm-hmm. And it never fails. I mean, the man delivers.
3: Yeah. So we so. went over it last week with, you see that, my hand. Oh. Yeah. Where? Are you good? What's up with that? Cocktail injury. Y, yeah. Y peeler. Oh, it wasn't a oh, spoon? No. Garner. He
2: removed the tip of his finger yeah. with a Y peeler. It's. And then he told, literally removed the nail, like piece of the nail bed the went whole Went through night. the nail
3: bed. And mm.
2: and I haven't laughed that hard. <laughs> In so long, because in my mind, the only thing I can say is you don't tell that story like I'm a man. If I cut my finger off with a peeler, absolutely no one is hearing about that. I will lie. I will lie. What would you come up with? anything i was i was cutting a pipe in my garage in my workshop and i cut it with a hacksaw i don't know something better than i was making a drink and i thought you know i could really use a garnish and then i took my fingertip off with a peeler i'm sorry you'll you'll i wrestled the jaguar it doesn't matter it anything is better
3: than that yeah so the cocktail that i made when i did this i made it for drew last week the hudson whiskey Mm-hmm. Backroom deal that I picked up at the distillery because I haven't seen it here. It's a rye whiskey uh, finished in peated Scotch barrels. Mm. So I used that and made Drew a penicillin. Nice, nice. It was really loved. good. Penicillin are fantastic. Yeah, those are great cocktails. cocktails. Yeah. See there again. So all you, of remove, know what you remove you this the it yeah. was my first the one. The peated Scotch float because it's already in with the rye whiskey. Oh, so
4: you didn't do a float? Okay. No, because yeah. you get that peated taste like that. already
1: in the rye. A little, little slight modification. Good for you. I, he just he he free wheels.
2: He does these things. I just sit here and drink. It's 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 almost like I watch. He's over here shaving nuts. I'm like, what the fuck? You're grating things. I do have <laughs> I just, all of I'm the nut
3: syrups keep- that you can think of. The walnut, the chestnut, the pecan syrup. make your own? I, yeah. I text him is, and I
2: ask him what he's doing. He goes, he'll send me a picture and it's just a pot boiling on the stove of nuts. I go, you're an idiot. <laughs> I can't talk. And then literally whatever I was texting him about, I stop. And I go, no, not today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you tomorrow. I'm too angry about it. Yeah, this. I'm going to
3: take a break from you. I can't talk to you right now. <laughs> this old-fashioned that I'm almost done with is with the Still Austin bourbon, a smoked, I think, pecan and chestnut Syrup, and then uh, <laughs> Turkish Tobacco Bitters.
2: Turkish this, tobacco. Is, this is my life. This is my life, guys.
1: Stuff that no one's ever heard of. No Turkish one's ever heard of. Turkish
2: Tobacco Bitters. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, Fee Brothers. They make it. So sick.
2: here's something else no one's ever heard of. A project manager quitting, maybe fired in the middle of a project. So the guy who has been the focal point of the Bills Stadium situation, Ron Rakuya, he has been literally the face of... Of this stadium expansion from the planning stage to the announcement that they had reached a deal with the city to the announcement that they had renderings. It was Ron Rakuya who was the face, right? He was the voice. He was doing press spots. He was doing junkets. He was doing stuff for the website. Anytime WGR had questions, he was on the radio answering them. And then all of a sudden, oddly, on like a Tuesday morning, they announce that he's left the organization shortly after ground gets broken. You're a project manager, right? Yeah. Now, I myself manage projects in more of a financial and business environment, but project management is project management. It's rare to see someone
1: start one,
2: get it to that point, and then just all of a sudden disassociate.
1: Uh, There's a theory that's out there. Now, I have zero clue if this is true or even remotely accurate in the slightest. However, the rumor... That, is this a conspiracy theory? I don't think so. The rumor that I heard ties back to the age-old debate about the stadium anyways. As the, prog- as the project progresses, they're realizing it's not working out to the tune that they would like it to, whether it's with funding, the... The all the back-end nonsense that goes into a project and developing a new stadium. Well, also I a think
2: project where you as the Pagulas, said, hey, Buffalo, we only are going to charge you this $800 million, and if there's cost overruns or anything else, we're going to eat that.
1: Yeah, I don't even think it's that. The, the rumor is they're starting to see and realize that keeping a stadium in Orchard Park wasn't the move, and it should have been in the city. And the rumor behind that is there was trillions set up to assist the city's infrastructure's updates that now are not being capitalized because that was the age-old debate between where does the stadium go in the first place. And if you put it in the city – Everything about the city can't handle another stadium, specifically no, Canal Side.
2: But then I, I brought up the fact, I think, because uh, we've, we've done talked, a stadium we've done, series of podcasts. I we've think done what, like
1: eight, eight different series? Eight installments series, now? And
3: yeah. you've, Drew's hit on this, I think on all of them, the city's infrastructure.
2: It's, it's, dude it's, it, it, it's the infrastructure, and then it's also the fact that when you, like the first thing I did when they released their initial report, was I took a look and said, okay, these are the two sites you're considering. Okay, let's go to Google Maps and see how many people live there. You have a population density of about 2,600 people. So what you're going to do is you're going to displace a bunch of businesses and 2,600 of some of the most economically vulnerable people in the city of Buffalo for a stadium? And those people are going to fight you. They're going to get lawyers. They're going to sue. It's So you can earmark Hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars in settlements and lawyer, like legal fees and stuff like that, if you were to try to make that move. So I can understand why Orchard Park probably felt like the path of least resistance, but there has always been the crowd that's been yelling. Like, cause that's always been my thing is the infrastructure's not there. There's just no, it's not feasible the way everything's designed unless you're going to redesign the city. Now, if we were to hear that there's more money available and we just didn't take advantage of that opportunity, that's a whole different.
1: And that's pretty like, why else would you can somebody like it has to be a huge reason why well, you would wonder, move on from somebody who's in that position from the well, I
2: question whether or not he was fired. And
1: here's the reason, although it is weird, that's a good angle too. what if he stepped down? I don't know if he's fired.
2: And this is the there's a thing here. Chris, remember all the times we talked about how Jerry Jones, the reason like you're talking about a very powerful individual. He's the guy who single-handedly scuttled the L.A. plan between the Chargers and the Raiders. And you know why he did it? Well, one, because he's a dickhead, and two, because he's a greedy old fuck. And the guys with greed and ambition, who also already have billions in their pockets, are unstoppable. And he proved that by basically backdooring Dean Spanos of the Chargers... Getting in bed with Stan Kroenke, and the reason why was because he wanted the service contracts for the new stadium, and Spanos told him no. So when the Bills went to go about all this, and they brought in Legends Entertainment and Sports, Jerry Jones' company, I was like, guys, that's a great sign for us. Because one of the quietly most powerful men in the NFL is on our side trying to help us get this done, which means it's probably going to happen. But what's the back end cost because he's not doing it out of the goodness of his heart? So after Rakuya moves on, he's he's, apparently our local journalists can no longer get a hold of him. They're trying. They're reaching out because he had been very forthcoming in the past. Well, then you turn around and a spokesperson, according to Tim Graham earlier today, comes out with a statement on his behalf. And it's like, well, why is there? Why does he need a spokesperson if he doesn't work for your organization anymore? What did it say? Basically saying that, like, oh, on behalf of him, this is what he has to say. My my family thanks the team and thanks the city and blah, 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 blah. Thanks for all, a, a lot of niceties. Mm-hmm. He also sold his person, like his company, like Adpro. Yeah. He owned that. And throughout the course of like a lot of things over the last couple of years, he's maintained that the team did not own Adpro. That was his. It was his organization. He just sold that to Legends Entertainment and Sports And a part of me wonders, I'm like, is this just, so is this the price you have to pay in order to do business with Jerry Jones? And we got what we wanted, but also he's like, okay, now you're going to start implementing some of my people into some critical roles so that I can make sure that I get my chunk of things and that that he's the chief operating officer. Well, how do I know that I'm going to get what's due to me as the guy who helps you get this deal done? You're going to hire some people I approve of, and you're going to bring in some people who are going to help me usher in what I think this stadium needs. And the contracts are going to come to my company. And look, look, Delaware North, local business who's had the contract at what was Rich Stadium, which then became Ralph Wilson, which then became Highmark. They're all of a sudden out the door because legend sports says so. I just feel like having seen him sell his personal company to that group as he's walking out the door, there's something there.
1: No, am I crazy for thinking? No, that makes sense. No, no, dude, you always got to follow the money. Yeah. That's Every, it, follow the money. The that. money
2: will tell you. So the fact that he's selling, I bet you that, that was part of the conversation. Hey, if you step down, it won't matter because we're going to make you a multi, multi, multi millionaire and you can afford to go do whatever the fuck you want. You can go like the Shawshank Redemption and go sand a boat on the beach in Mexico if that's what you want to do with the rest of your life. We will make sure you're paid. I noticed that the sale of AdPro hasn't really been broadcast and there's been no price talked about so what was the size of that check that he took from legends to to just disappear quietly and hey i'm not gonna say any, i'm not gonna say a word a spokesperson's gonna give my farewell on my
1: behalf so now ad pros also set up in the city like deep in the city of buffalo yes for different lots around well-established businesses and buildings are those gone too uh.
2: This is it. This is the discovery process. I, I can't wait to learn more about this right, because I'm intrigued.
1: If you're Jerry Jones, you're looking at the city of Buffalo from your seat. You're not looking at the new stadium only. Like no. you're, you're way bigger than that. He's so you're about, always playing chess. And you're like, how can I capitalize on a small market team to benefit my yes. own? Like, when's the other shoe dropping?
2: And that's exactly the thing is I just see this as an, a play by Jerry Jones. And I wouldn't have thought that five, six, seven, eight, nine years ago. I would have just taken it like most people are. Oh, he was either fired or he quit. There was some kind of thing in the background. But working in finance and now having (laughs) followed enough of this stadium stuff where a lot of it just comes out when you look at the money and where it goes, you follow the money and you learn a lot. You guys watch all these white collar law shows. Money makes most of your choices, makes most of your decisions. It's how most things get decided. I genuinely believe, and I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I am, that Jerry Jones had a lot to do with the ouster of Ron Roku That makes sense. Like, if we're just going to draw a straight line, I think that, in so many words, this is the price you're paying Mm -hmm. for getting the stadium done. Wild. Derek, you haven't said said a ton. What do you think about the location of the new stadium, considering where you live?
4: I... I hate, hate traffic. So I'm a big person that does not like going into the office a lot because when I do, I go in so early so I don't have to deal with traffic. And traffic in downtown just stresses me out because not only is like the underneath infrastructure not there when it comes to sewage and water and all that stuff for a new stadium, neither is the roadways and the throughway and all that stuff getting to the point. And that just stresses me out even more, too. So, hockey game is unbearable. Exactly. Can you imagine one, both of them being on the same day? No, because that could happen where Bills games at one and the Sabres games at night. Chris, what kind of anarchy would we we be looking at down there?
2: And that's, I mean, I've 90, what are you talking about? (laughs) Let's say, let's say the Sabres, because they've been getting better, get a little steam, some season ticket holders come back, all of a sudden you've added 15,000 to 60,000. So, let's call it. 78,000 people trying to leave downtown Buffalo at the same time, I'll bring, like a one tent. Entrance. I yeah. will bring a tent and sleep in the back of my truck at that point. Right.
4: <laughs> and everybody's rushing to Louisiana Street because that's the best exit to go to. Like, it's, uh, just, it's just so I wouldn't be against it being down there, but I mean, everything is already built for Orchard Park. that putting it on the other side of the street just makes sense. But I, I could totally see the other way, and just the, the economical or the money going into the city of Buffalo, it being downtown Buffalo, makes a lot of sense too. So, mm-hmm.
3: if you were going to put both stadiums downtown, you would a hundred percent have to widen the one ninety to, I think, two lane, two more lanes each way, yeah. in order in the to Skyway. Make, skyway, I can, I can. Can we
2: just knock the Skyway do down?
1: That, do without.
2: Like, are I, you guys anti-Skyway the way I am?
1: It's not that I'm anti-Skyway. What are do you doing with your headphones? I just... Dude, it's so loud that <laughs> really? I'm trying... Yeah, it's so loud. <laughs> I'm just, just trying to make you it comfortable. Turn our guests down. No, it's well, fine. The, I mean, it's fine. The, I mean, it's,
3: turn it down turn it down for everyone. Yeah, right. That's, that's okay, what I'm saying. That's down why down I just modify bit. mine. It's, it's okay. I'm a team player,
1: dude. We're good. I'm also deaf. So, it's not that I'm... See, that's better. See, look. Yeah, that's better. Look, see. Did you hear I that literally bit... turned it down a hair. <laughs> that's all you needed. Chris, touch it a little bit more.
2: You're just We're trying to make our guests feel w- welcome here and comfortable. Oh, good. Now he shut there it off. Yeah, now he just <laughs> killed it. This is what I mean. Like, this is our dynamic. Yeah,
1: that's fine. The It's not that I'm anti-Skyway. It's just that I have such an appreciation for the Skyway ever since Bruce Almighty. That's
2: fair. That's fair. I still think you could knock the thing down and no <laughs> one would give a shit.
1: Here's the thing. What? Okay. The containment zone for knocking down the Skyway, I would just want to watch.
2: You know what? Just push it in. It'll be no one would notice. You just shove it over.
1: All the waves, the Sullivan would not would not do well if the Skyway was just just pushed into the lake.
2: See, and this is why I'll never be in public office because that's my answer to most just things. Just what's the most straightforward line to like the resolution? All right, let's just do that. And they go, no, no, wait. There's all kinds of ancillary concerns. <laughs> Nah, we've we've talked about this for more than twenty minutes. I've lost I've lost
4: focus. Let's just get it done. I don't take the Skyway anyway, so I'm really impartial to this decision. Just get rid of it. It's an eyesore. You look out the window and you're like, "This looks ugly."
2: I get on it and I just think to myself, like, or I see people driving on it and I, the way people drive on it, and I go, <laughs> "You just pull your car over and jump off. Do that." <laughs> then. But then I, I make that joke and then someone does it and I go, Ooh,
3: <sighs> I
4: don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> "You have should, that. you should
3: not have a license if you." change lanes on a bridge because you're not you're not supposed to change lanes on a if you change lanes on like the Grand Island bridge any bridge you should never you should not have your license there needs to be a
1: second driver's test you hit a certain age, you're you're starting to get those AARP Lord, magazines. I love this guy. You gotta <laughs> yes. you gotta draw a line in the sand. If you're you know 65, 70, like that's when you we should really start to revisit. And
2: everyone goes, oh what what would you like that to happen to you? Yes, because I'm pretty sure I'd pass. Pretty sure, <laughs> right? Meanwhile, the people who are like confusing reverse and drive, Chris, Driving into a Chris, quiz. Chris, Chris, Chris's girlfriend was almost maimed in a car accident not that long ago. Oh, no, there's the West Seneca post office and right next to it is a dental office. Mm-hmm. Like there's a little strip of grass and then there's this dental office woman pulls up to the mailbox
3: just to drop in drops
2: her mail in gets confused. People are honking. Doesn't know what to do. Slams it into the first. She no, she reversed first hit the car behind her. People start honking. So now she slams into drive drives into the waiting room of the dental office into the room. Through the wall She's now inside She didn't go all the way
4: in But It's like What? Pause there
3: Yeah, it's like Guys, at a certain point Next time you guys go to the West Seneca post office And you just drive through To drop mail in the mail slot Like a human? Look look straight forward You'll see a hole On the side (laughs) of that house This is why we need less humans And more dogs I'm not gonna lie to you you, Wait Wait, wait, wait Hold up Hold
0: up Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire.
3: Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people may think you are Bruce exclusive now. Are you Bruce Nolan now? He is. See, I can Who's tell by the look on
2: your face. All right. All right. See, he's not it. He passed the litmus test. So. Uh, well, the funny thing is, we've met it, Chris. We've yeah. been in the room
3: with him. Bruce Nolan, host of the Bruce Exclusive, he uh doesn't show his face. Nobody, nobody's We're, seen
2: him except for us. Yeah, we've for been business in the same room with him multiple times. For
3: business reasons, he doesn't show. No one knows what he looks like, so he'll do a podcast. And even if you have him on video, it's just his logo. Nobody knows what he looks like. And he and also uses that is a web- term that Bruce Nolan would say. And he so also people uses might think websites you're
2: that can obscure. Like, he won't come on and do a Zoom with you because he goes, well, then you can figure out my IP address. So instead, we'll use Zencaster because Zencaster is just a website where we kind of meet up and you can't get my. It's like
4: seems like a lot of work.
2: It's a lot of work to maintain. Hey, But I respect the hustle yeah, for sure. I respect the hustle. Uh, so pivoting. Hopkins let's talk about this Chris did somebody or did somebody not on this podcast a couple weeks ago after about 11 drinks rant about how this whole thing was gonna end like a wet fart yeah and it it did and and DeAndre Hopkins is now a member of the Tennessee Titans much like Julio Jones before him (laughs) which everyone thought was gonna be amazing it's it I don't know what's funnier that He decided after all this talk about wanting to go win a ring and I want to be competitive. The guy only has one playoff win in his entire career. I want to go to a team where I can do this and I can do that. And then you sign with a team that literally fired their GM for not paying a wide receiver last year. You traded away
3: A.J. Brown as
2: a franchise.
3: Hey, Tennessee's got a talented arm.
2: Uh, are you talking about know. Derek Henry? Because he did throw it. I think his passer rating is
3: exactly end. where I was
2: going.
5: Yeah! His, his tip passer arm. rating. Well, his I was going to say, arm. his
2: passer rating, he actually has, a, he's <laughs> thrown multiple jump pass touchdowns at the goal line, like Tim Tebow. Yeah. yeah. I I just look at the team and I go, that's who you, oh, it it was about the money the whole time. Follow the money. Who has the money to pay you? Oh, that team. All right, well, that's where he's going. No, but he cares. Guys, you don't understand. He cares about winning. The fuck these guys do. (laughs) It's okay then play for one million dollars. If every player who said that they care about winning more than anything really cared about winning, they would play for the veteran minimum and they would let the team spend all of that money everywhere else. And they would just be there to bask in the glow of a Super Bowl parade. That's not how this works. And he's another example of this. And it's funnier that it's Tennessee because Tennessee goes, hey, you know who we don't need to pay is A.J. Brown. Right. Let's draft his like the Walmart version of Levisky Chenault to replace him. <laughs> Let's fire him off to Philly where I'm sure he won't blow up there and then come back and have a 200 yard game and get the GM fired the next day. And then the new GM shows up and goes, you know, what we need is a star wide receiver. We <laughs> would should pay gone. a bunch of money for one. And then they go out and they pay this guy. And it's like, ah, fuck, it's time. Time is funny. Did you ever really think, though, that bills were would have got him? No, okay, not you. ever. And re- but here's my favorite. So that conversation happens about should they will they whatever. Then this BS story gets floated by some no name. Chris, that story caught a lot of heat, though about how, like, oh, that was the reason Diggs with the whole blow-up with Sean McDermott was about this idea that they were going to bring in Hopkins, and that's why the Bills didn't pull the triggers because they didn't want to upset this Diva wide receiver. Wasn't it the opposite of what they were saying when it first happened? They were like, oh, no, he's mad because he re- they restructured his deal and didn't spend the money to get him. So which is it? Mm. Is he mad because you didn't, as a franchise, get a star wide receiver, or is he mad because you were going to? Or does no one actually know what the fuck they're talking about, and it's all just, what about it? Option C. It? It's all about that. Like, do you care that our receiver and quarterback and offensive coordinator and coach weren't all on the same page? I mean, no. Do you ever want to fight some of your coworkers? Absolutely.
1: All the time. Yes, sir. Let, let the record show. Let the record show.
2: <laughs> Chris are all of your coworkers gems that you see eye to eye with on everything?
3: Um absolutely not. I I come home and yell about people to Jessica and the way they do things. It's, you know, I wouldn't do it that way, but I mean, you just look like an idiot.
2: So I just like the fact, though, that he was tied to multiple teams, but specifically the Patriots. Everyone's like, oh, my God, he's going to go to the Patriots. Who gives a shit?
4: Well, that's where Dalvin Cooks is tagged to two, which is another thing.
2: Well, we'll talk about that in a second. So here here you've got this Hopkins thing that's brewing, and the Patriots might have gotten him. Even if you had given the Patriots Hopkins, were they a threat to Buffalo? Absolutely not.
1: No.
4: No. No. And remember when they drafted? But Mac Jones the, gained a lot of weight this year, though he looks good.
1: <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> do, do you remember? Do you remember when the Patriots drafted the New Age Larry Fitzgerald, and no one's ever heard of that dude since? Draft day.
2: Oh, wait, 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 well, hang on a second. They've drafted so many wide receivers that didn't pan out. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's embarrassing. It's
1: embarrassing. In the last four years, it's been really ramped up. I'm like, guys, what is happening? You're like the Browns trying to find a quarterback. So it's this AFC. And this is
2: why I love this AFC's Roundup podcast that we do every week. We bring in a podcaster from each franchise who covers each. And every week it's like, guys, what the fuck happened to you? And it's been fun because the year we decided to start doing it was the year that Tom Brady retired. And we were like, "Okay, clean slate for everybody. Let's start doing this wide open field. It just so happened to coincide with the Bills kind of running shit from here on out. Well, the the Dolphins conversations have been fun over the last year or two. The Patriots conversations have just gotten hilarious. Like now they've become soup cans. It's like, uh, Chris, what do they call them in wrestling? Uh, when you just have a guy who's there to showcase somebody else.
3: A jobber.
2: (laughs) A jobber. The Patriots are jobbers in the AFC East. They're just here to get beaten up by everybody else. And it's funny to me when you think about it in terms of how poorly they've drafted. It's wide receiver, every wide receiver they've touched. And it's every cornerback that they've drafted in the second round. There's a litany of them that are just awful. Mm. They never produce. And yet you wasted a top 60 pick on that guy. And everyone wants to talk about what a genius Bill Belichick is. Get a real GM. Let yeah. him be a coach, but he can't be the guy calling all the shots. The problem is a real GM would have
4: fired Bill Belichick after his fourth losing season. Well, that's what I was just going to say. Is that how long does he stay around for? Because you kind of want to go out on top. And at this point, it's gone. He wants Shula's record. Yeah.
2: And we talked about it a week ago. The owner says he wants a ring. Something's going to break here soon if he can't start winning games. And the fact that you can't recruit anyone in free agency, the fact that you can't draft well, but he's still allowing you to run the show means he's giving you the rope you, he needs. To, you're going to hang yourself yeah.
4: at a certain point, right? Well, and now, I mean, the Jets arguably got better, so now they don't even have a team to pick on. I mean, McCorkle and Zach Wilson can duel out <laughs> over who sucks more, but they at least had two times a year that they could beat somebody like in the division. Now, I mean... That yeah, doesn't know. exist, yeah.
2: I don't know. If, if if the Patriots go, if the Patriots get three wins inside the division this year, I'll be shocked. Yeah. No, I will be. And I, I think I'm being reasonable in saying that. I think that everybody else got better, and they kind of tread water over the course of this
4: offseason. Yeah, with or without just a Tua injury.
2: Well, that's, a, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the big matzo ball <laughs> in the air. So I love watching ESPN, all of these things. Now, I don't watch ESPN, obviously. Chris, do you watch ESPN anymore?
3: No, I only am aware of ESPN when Mike Tannenbaum says something stupid.
2: Do you gentlemen watch ESPN? No. Okay. I remember a time when... I still wonder
3: why he was not a part of all these layoffs that they had. (laughs) Because
2: they need somebody to say something inflammatory. They're like, you know what? He doesn't realize he's a jester. He's getting paid nothing. I guarantee you his contract is peanuts. Like they, like they give him enough that he can buy things from the vending machine and he can go out for a steak dinner once a week and he feels like that's winning. So he's like, ah, see, I'm on top. Mm -hmm. I'm, he goes home and tells his wife, honey, I'm killing it still. I'm on top. So I look at this and I go in my house, there used to be a a small TV in the corner of our living room that just nonstop 24 seven had ESPN on. Always. Mm. And then there was the main TV in there because it was a bachelor pad. And that was pretty cool when you're sharing a house with a bunch of dudes and you just know you can walk through the living room and it's just on. Sports center is just on all day. Now no one pays attention to this. We have Twitter. We have, we have the internet. You can find anything you want. But I love seeing all the screenshots of how every talking head at ESPN is picking like Dan Orlovsky is the only person who thinks that the Bills can win the AFC East apparently in the whole Chris in all of Connecticut. There's only one person who thinks that the Bills can win the division this year. Did the other teams really get that much better? I mean, Aaron Rodgers. Is Aaron Rodgers, he's an upgrade over nothing. Right. But what is that worth? Because we played an Aaron Rodgers with a decent Packers team. They were on the bubble for the playoffs last year.
4: My favorite part of that is he's like, give me wide receivers. Then he goes to the judge. He's like, give me all the same wide receivers. I yeah, give
2: me that. all the th- <laughs> 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 Also, bring all the shitty wide receivers that yeah. I used to have. And d- <laughs> Ellen Lazard, that contract, I, I, it's one of the funnier things. Because you could have seen it coming a mile away. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, also, the ghost of Randall Cobb. I don't know what he's going to do <laughs> other than float around the facility and go. Ooh, but He's there now. He's there and he's cashing a check. Yeah. So, New England, nothing that moves the needle. My, now, what I like is that even Miami, like, what did they
1: do to get better? I'm not. I'm not remotely worried about Miami. I'm really only concerned out of the entire AFC East is the Jets' defense.
2: Okay, that's fair. And, and, that's fair, and that's it. That's fair. Miami's defense is decent though. Now,
1: Delvin Cook. Yeah, but like Chubb was supposed to be the end all be all for Miami, and he's just like, oh, he's just a dude.
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, no, because what you're finding out is that unless you're, they wanted to believe that Nick Chubb was their Von Miller. The problem is is that there is like Von Miller is a one of one. Right. There's a dude. There's only one guy. There's a reason that the year, like, think about it. Peyton Manning wins the Super Bowl, doesn't win Super Bowl MVP. When's the last time a defensive player won Super Bowl MVP?
1: Maybe Ray Lewis.
2: Mm, I think he just stabbed a guy. <laughs> also true. I think that's all he did. I don't know if he actually got an award. Chris, can you check Google and see if he see, got an award for that? that? Dude, can, can, side. Can, can you not check,
1: guilty. Can you He's check so and see if works. he won an award for that? He's less guilty than O.J. Debatable. Okay, but... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Listen, laughs>
2: stabbing's a stabbing. <laughs> stabbing's a stabbing. <laughs> what do you want? If, on the scale of guiltiness. <laughs> <laughs> like, if we want to talk about this.
1: Yeah, pull up the stats. The real stats. Here's...
4: Von Miller 2016. Okay. Yeah, that would be it. Yeah, what? when's what? the last person.
2: time a defensive player six, won it? He's six. that
1: fucking good. He is a well, and that's count. what I'm saying. So, af- so before Von Miller was who? Tom, Malcolm, Smith. Malcolm Smith.
2: Oh, Malcolm Smith because he had like a oh, scoop that and score, count. and that doesn't count. Not in a blowout. He didn't. Safety,
3: he didn't Dexter, like Dexter,
1: Dexter Jackson, Ray Lewis. See, it was Ray. We yep. all know it was Ray in 0-1. That was pre-stabbing. Nah, that
2: was pre-stabbing.
1: Right? And that WC. was, a, what, I mean, arguably one of the greatest defenses ever.
2: <laughs> oh no! Trust me, I'm a Ravens aficionado. I love that team. I, I love the Ravens' point blanking period. I just wish they weren't in our conference because then I could I could yeah. be more outward about how much I enjoy them. Fair. But also, Ray Lewis is like, as a fellow crazy person, like at just, just to get, tear down the wall here. Um,
4: no, so I would stab someone.
2: So today, so last night I decided that, uh, another tequila cocktail and battle bots was more important than going to sleep at a reasonable hour. Okay. So then I, then I got up and I went to the gym and then I came home and I'm working and my wife's kind of, we're both working from home and she's floating around going, is everything okay? Are you cool? Like you seem very manic. And I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? Now, I say, what are you talking about? Knowing that I'm the guy who's downstairs blasting smelling salts because I'm just I'm on the ropes, right? Like I am on the ropes at 11 o'clock in the morning and I'm just trying to get to lunch. And it's like I understand how some of these people who are wired like psychopaths. I get it. You're like, no, I'm focused. I'm hyper focused and I'm amped. I respect crazy people, and that's why I like Ray Lewis is because he didn't have an off switch. He had that all the time. That's just how he lived. And I go, God, I can only get here through like chemical enhancement. This guy just walked the earth at this speed. <laughs> yeah. That's respectable. Same okay. with Brian Dawkins. Oh yeah. yeah. All of these guys. Anyone who was great, they're a lunatic. <laughs> yes. All of them, to a man, are crazy <laughs> yeah. people. Like, I got to experience that today for a handful of hours, and I got to tell you, it's intense. I don't want to do it. Like, I don't, I don't think I could do it for very long.
1: Weird question. Would you say 98 to 05 NFL is as great as steroid era MLB? Yes, because there was
2: jacked up on ESPN, <laughs> and you saw guys who were just leveling each other with no mercy.
1: Yeah. leveling each other with no mercy and 550 foot home runs snapping bats over knees like Sammy social and Mark
2: McGuire save baseball. I don't care what anyone says. Cause I still hate the sport. I still think the sport's stupid. The sport isn't stupid. I think televised MLB <laughs> baseball is garbage and I won't watch it.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, Derek's uh, really? it's the exact same way. <laughs> I agree. This kid loves it. Yes. up oh, yeah.
2: top. So, Chris, Chris is a baseball fan. Sometimes we'll be in here recording, and he'll put a baseball game on just to piss me off. I do like Yeah, I've got MLB.TV. So Weird flex.
1: I bring up Paul <laughs> O'Neill to Derek, and he stares at me, and he's like, who hurt you? Who hurt you? <laughs> Paul O'Neill is one of the greats. I don't know. Maybe the guy that put that kid in the hospital in
3: Seinfeld. <laughs> you know, because he needed Paul O'Neill to hit some home runs.
1: <laughs> Great reference. I give you that. Well, well, and
2: this is and this is what I like about the, the contrast. Like if we're talking about our respective podcasts, this is what I appreciate about Eddie is that you guys have this. Listening to your shows, you guys have this sense of comedy, but it's it's genuinely funny, and you guys try to be like. I, I don't want to say I don't want to say that you avoid being irreverent or that you would because you guys are funny. It's just like if we were to compare you guys, like we're Don Rickles. Somebody has to be getting hurt in the process of like my joke, or else it's not funny. Like I don't get any enjoyment out of it. Sure, we're not great people. <laughs> like Chris, admittedly bad people. Yes, we are. I think we did. We did a YouTube show the other, uh, a couple weeks ago, and it was literally just us dunking on the whole sub incident. And I'm oh, just yeah. like, what? Well, sorry. And everyone's like, you know, that's not really sad. My my wife is like. You guys didn't. Spend. I think
3: that video got like shadow banned. I'm probably positive I did. it did. You know, you guys know that that gif of uh, it's been 84 years mm-hmm. yeah. from the movie. So I used her face, him shirtless, and wrote "It's been 84 years." And I think uh, YouTube was not too fond of that <laughs> headline. Yeah. They weren't thrilled,
2: huh? Well, it's funny when you watch your views, and all of a sudden you're like, "Oh, this one just fell off the map. Yep. That's hilarious." Rightfully, so, though, because I'm not gonna lie to you. It was bad, like this is one of those nights where you get deep into the bourbon and then you're like, let's talk about a sensitive topic. I'm sure we'll be nuanced, <laughs> and I'm sure we'll be really sensitive about it and d- our sensibilities will be about us as we discuss this thing. You guys do a great job of fine weaving humor into day to day stuff sports topics, they're not sports topics, but like sometimes you guys have talked about sports, mm-hmm. but then you talk about things like. What was one the other day I was listening to as I was going back through in preparation for this? Uh, I want to say it was like uh, something about if you were a
1: dictator's wife. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's (laughs) rules to be the dictator's wife. wife.
4: Just insanity. And we went off the rails. But no, thank you. We appreciate that. But that was based off like we were talking about based off a useless fact, because the useless fact of the day was the fact that if you're a dictator's wife, you can't be called by your real name. So that was all because Kim Jong-un's wife.
2: Now I'm thinking back and I'm like, no, no, that's how the conversation started. And then from there it just became
1: a thing. (laughs) And then it's been 40 minutes and we're just talking about, well, yeah, you know, you're the wife. Uh, We also just recently talked about foods you'll never eat again. So mine was a, a veal dish that my mom butchered when I was a kid. And I still talk about it with my sister 25 years later. It's... I will... I just can't eat veal ever again because you ruined it for my life. And then liver and onions. But, yeah, we... I don't know. We just have... Is there anything... Now we need your input. Is there any meal that you would never eat? Bacardi.
3: What? Bacardi. Because remember, I threw up in my hoodie. Oh, yeah. Remember, I drove home when (laughs) I shouldn't have. Chris drove. And I, like... I got home into my apartment and I was like, all right, I'm going to puke. And, like, (laughs) I like... Even though the bathroom is like a good five feet away, I can clearly get there. I decided to take off my hoodie and I puked in the hood of the hoodie and then I like passed out on the floor right there. So I can't do Bacardi <laughs> white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. These
2: guys are like, wait a minute. Who are we? We agreed to this? <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's funny. Like if there was a food that I'll never touch again. Never touch again. It's literally anything you put green olives on. Uh, olives are the worst thing on Earth. Oh. They're 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 nonsense. They don't need to exist. They're not a part of any ecosystem or food chain. There is no animal that thrives on olives. Humans, black olives,
1: too? That was my question.
2: You can take a black olive, and if you dice it up and put it in enough stuff, like my mom makes this tapenade thing that's barely tolerable because she puts <laughs> enough other crap in with it. If it was just olives, done. Done. Is not that to what Toppinot
4: is, just olives?
2: Yeah, but then she mixes other things into okay. it, and so I'm able to eat that. Olives, you can look it up. They're not, like, part of the food chain in terms of, like, oh, this this vegetation also feeds an animal. It's almost strictly a human thing. We grow them, and we eat them. And I don't understand why. What are they? Are they legumes? I, I Chris, why don't you <laughs> give that a goog? So... Pull it up here in this. Are you serious?
1: <laughs> Where did that come Give from? Give it a
2: goop. What is an bro. olive? What is an olive? I think it's a legume. I don't know it's it's a vegetable, but whatever it's a it is, is something that we should take all of it. Like, let's see. Oh, the olive. Botanical name, blah, blah, blah. Small trees and shrubs.
4: That's a very temporal range.
2: The what? olive's fruit is fruit? a. It's called a fruit? See one more reason to hate it. That makes a That's oh because weird. they're gonna go. All oh, the seeds are on the inside, so it's a. I, I don't know
4: Did what you know the that difference. That banana is there. actually a berry. See, you know? this is where
2: I'll flip this table. <laughs> these these are the conversations
4: <laughs> where I just
2: Chris, I can't handle it. I, I'll I will ne- I will never eat an, an olive ever again. One time, my mom made stuffed olives when I was a child. Here we and go. I was like, "Here we go, a big fat green olive." Oh sure, as a kid, and I remember. I still remember the texture, and I remember the like, the taste, and the fact that even after I spit it out, that taste lingered for like two hours. I couldn't get rid of it. And at me, at like six or seven years old, like I'm scarred now. Fuck that olive. Fuck all olives. I think we, I think we should raise them to the ground and then salt the <laughs> earth they were grown on so that we don't have to deal with
1: them anymore. That's how I feel. I love that. Guys,
2: this is the type of stuff you can expect to get from the Buffalo Happy Hour podcast. They do a great job of coming in here talking a little sports, but also bringing their, I, I love you guys. Useless knowledge. Yeah. Hey, you, I don't even know if you call it useless. They, I, the funny thing is, Chris, they're smarter than both of us.
4: Debatable. Very, very debatable. debatable.
2: Well, well, I was going to say, his hair is definitely better than yours. You
1: use like 12 words that I haven't heard of spoken
2: in a sentence
4: correctly. (laughs) It's just olives, dude. Don't worry about it. I know. It was a big one, though. (laughs) It was
5: a big one.
2: (laughs) Guys, this has been fun, but we're going to wrap this. I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Kruger. This is Chris and Derek from the Buffalo Happy Hour podcast. Where can they find your show? Where can they find you on social?
4: Uh, Buffalo Happy Hour on YouTube. Official Buffalo Happy Hour on Instagram. And uh, what else? I I mean, we're on threads, we're on YouTube,
1: we're we're on Google, we're on every podcast platform possible. If, I mean, yeah, if you just search one of our names with Buffalo Power, we'll show up.
5: Yeah, everything. All the things.
1: And this has been your Bowl Report.
5: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network.